New research aimed at understanding the impact of social media on adolescent brains is already showing fascinating results. The National Institutes of Health study is following more than 11,000 children over a decade. In early testing, researchers found significant differences in brain chemistry for kids who had at least seven hours of screen time a day compared to kids who use screens less. Social media has become such a deeply entrenched part of our lives that abandoning it altogether has become an almost impossible task for many of us. And therefore, in this episode, we will explore how we can have a better and healthier relationship with social media. To do this, we are joined by Scott Gazzoli, host of Causing the Effect podcast, a podcast exploring how to effectively connect the mind and body through psychology and physiology. Hi, my name is Sam Breakgear, and you're listening to Brains Bite Back. This is your podcast for all topics related to psychology and technology within our society. On the show, Gazzoli discusses what motivated him to start causing the effect, why he is concerned about social media influencers, and how social media is impacting our ability to delay gratification. We also discuss how YouTube's homepage is designed to keep us watching content, often promoting extreme videos regardless of whether or not this information is good or bad. And in addition to this, we also pick apart the idea that every generation is fearful of something new, negatively impacting a younger generation, such as video games or rap music or heavy metal. In light of this, Gazzoli shares with us why he believes that social media is different from the fears of previous generations. Now, if you like this podcast and you want to hear more, you can go to sociable.co, where you'll find all our podcasts and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Alternatively, you can follow us on YouTube. You can find us by searching Brains Bite Back and we are under The Sociable's YouTube channel. You can also reach out to us at The Sociable to let us know what you think of this episode and what you would like us to cover for future episodes. And please, by all means, leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Anyway, here's today's show. Tell Me Your Startup Will Disrupt Industries, I'll add you to a list of thousands of other entrepreneurs who have said the same thing and failed. Sure, you believe in your company and its product, but it's one thing saying this yourself and another to have an industry influencer say it about you. And that is the power of digital PR. If you're ready to gear your business towards growth and gain, our sponsor Publicize is a digital communication agency that has helped businesses like yours gain exposure in major online publications for the past decade. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. Scott, can you tell our listeners who you are and a little bit about your podcast, Causing the Effect? Absolutely. First off, Sam, thank you so much for having me. I like, um, I like your spin on uh on what you're doing on your podcast. There's not, not many people focusing on the tech side of, of the, you know, and psychology. And I would say mine, if yours is tech and psych, I try to, I believe, um, and I've slowly, I learned stuff the hard way. And I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I've slowly realized that, you know, the two most important aspects of a person is the mind and the body. Um, you know, my body story came, you know, typical douchiness, fitness, I want to look good for the girls when I'm in my early 20s. And I've slowly, you know, that's cool. It's nice. Um, I feel good. And I, I was uh, always, a, I would say uh, an overweight kid um, had problems with confidence and security. Still, you know, you deal with it, all of us do. Um, and I've really kind of unraveled the, the power of the mind. And I always looked at it like, 
oh, the mind and the body are two equal things. And I personally have the opinion that your mind is a different, it's a different level than the body. And that's what I'm trying to do on my podcast. So on Monday, Tuesdays, we'll hit, try to bring on um, some sort of psychology aspect to it without take, I try to really remove the the woo woo of it. And, um, you know, try to get to, to the nitty gritty You can call it biohacking. You can call it, you know, whatever you want. I, I try to tell people whatever gets you to be in your, in your optimized state of mind is the most important thing to me. So uh, for me, it was mindfulness. That was my first step into it. So mindfulness, meditation, you could do breath work, anything that gets you there. And on Thursdays, um, typical nutrition, fitness, we just did um, a Soma breath work exercise. Um, shout out to Steve Whitney. Uh, thank you. Thank him for coming on. But it was, um, it's been great. And, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today is kind of part of the issue with technology, social media, XYZ. Um, but this is, I feel like this is the key to what the next step of our evolution is. We're at a, we're at a, a very cool point in life where there's tech, but there's also this ancient wisdom going on where we could really, you know, things uh, as far as meditating, tumo meditation, where you could, you know, control the your heart rate levels, you can trade, you can control so many different things. And I just think um, consciousness will be the next level of the way that we're going to evolve. And these conversations are the ones that we need to have with each other, particularly being younger guys. Um, I'm seeing, we're, we're going to get into it, but with the, the younger generations, there's a problem with all this stuff, right? Being in touch with yourself and call it spirituality, call it whatever. Um, and everybody's a little self-absorbed. We'll talk about that, but it, it's, um, it's just something I really felt um, in my body and um, it's been great. And, and all my listeners are, are a lot of younger guys and, you know, you'd be surprised kids in there from 18 to 22. I, I wish I knew this stuff. You know, I, I found this stuff out four to five years ago. My cousin is a trained uh, Buddhist monk. He lived in Thailand for 10 years. He just gave me a book, just said, here, let read it. Didn't push it on me at all. And it was, um, it was called mindfulness in plain English. And it was a very similar story to mine. A Wall Street guy who kind of had a breakdown, turned to, to the Eastern religions. And again, I don't push anything on anybody. It's just, there's so many different tools that can get you to be optimized. And I would say that's just what I want people to be because I don't know how it is in Medellin, but we're in Manhattan. There's, there's this crazy election going on. Things are out of control. And if people just were able to tap into their soul a little bit and just be like, okay, I'm being, you know, there's a lot of extra sensitivity going on. And this is the way the, you know, at least the government in America wants us to kind of be, be like, so um, we're just trying to do, do the good deed over here, man. Yeah, and I th I think you're doing a good job in that in the sense that I Appreciate can see that, that you're, yeah yeah your your topics are very diverse but they all feed into something which is applicable into our lives like you mentioned a number of examples there and um, I think that the the it's a real diverse collection of things which everyone can benefit in a way and I was also going to say yeah don't worry I completely understand like for the, for anyone that is based in a city such as New York like yourself yeah it can be very stressful to live in those cities i mean yeah like you said i'm based in medellin and i have to say that is one of the main differences between living in the uk and here that i enjoy there is just the mentality of more relaxed more kind of freedom more kind of i suppose things just happen when they happen there's like sun here all the time there's salsa music and there's a different energy admittedly things run a lot slower so you can't get things done and that can be I've incredibly that. stressful i've heard that i've yeah. heard that you know when the plumber comes it's on the plumber's time i've, I've heard you know oh, it's a couple man. hours later always <laughs> i've been trying to move apartment for the past two months i tried moving in like two months ago and it's just paperwork and slow and it's just it's so stressful and sometimes i'm like oh if only i was in the uk i would have just like been moved in like that but at the same time it's a trade-off um, so I, I definitely know from living here 
like the benefit of having that kind of mentality of being more relaxed, being in a more happy kind of environment. And not to say that the UK wasn't like that for me, but I definitely feel that cultural difference. And I think that definitely in our Western society, speaking from the perspective of like UK or the US, that we do kind of forget that there are things more important than just like getting things done, making money and all these sorts of things like this kind of like race. So, um, so I, I think that it's important discussions to, to have and certainly, um, yeah, you touch on many of those topics. But today specifically, you're on the show to discuss how social media is affecting the minds or mindset and uh, physiology and psyche of younger generations. Now, what made you choose this topic? Because this is something that you are really keen and passionate to come on and talk about. Yes. Yeah, so this is like, you know, this year particularly, you know, I don't know if you saw the social dilemma came out, um, you know, at, at, at this point, and I highly suggest everybody um, go and checking that out. That's what kind of put me on this. This was a, um, a documentary created by Tristan, Tristan Harris, uh, who was one of the aesthetic senior executives at Google, who was built to make us want to go on Google more. And the stuff that, that what social media is meant for us to do I think we're going to look back in a hundred years and, and people are going to say, wow, they really didn't know what they were doing. Um, you know, if, if you look at it, we are at this adolescent stage now, 10, 11, 12 years, and we are not going to see the effects on what this is, what, what happens to the next generation for, for years to come. So a kid that's 10 now, when they're 60, what are they going to look like? What are they going to be doing? And for me, I've seen this, I have a lot of younger cousins, um, all great kids, but there's just a different, there's just a, a different um, consciousness to them. And I think part of it is to start with the social, the problem with social media. And I will say I, I'm a, I'm in the, the midst of struggling with this myself. So I grew up in, you know, being a kid from Brooklyn. And, and again, when you say cities, I'm sure UK was the same way. You have to have a certain persona. You have to have a, you know, I want to be the cool kid. I have to have X, Y, Z. So still, if you go on my Instagram, everybody check out my Instagram. It looks at like the douchiest Instagram in the world. I had a, I literally don't touch it anymore because I wanted to, to pour. And again, um, I was, uh, for people who don't know too much about me, I was in the finance world, still in it. And that's kind of what I want to portray, money, power. And it's like, what are you trying to do? And I think that totality wears on you. And this is just like the uncovering of what um, the algorithms and the, the logistics of what is going on in these search engines that are happening to, um, to people. And there's been various studies. Um, I'll send it to you after this and you could link it if, if you'd like. Yeah, uh, sure. I try to search and I suggest anybody who does digging, um, look into meta-analyses. These are, you know, 50 to 60 different search uh, research um, you know, data points that are done. And the study that I looked at um, attempted to systematically analyze the existing literature of the effect of social media use on mental health. And all of these studies across the board showed um, that there was a direct correlation between um, anxiety and depression and the amount used in social media. Now, this doesn't say that, it's not to say that you can't use social media. I think that it's just, it's dangerous when you get to the addictive space. And that's what I'm seeing more and more. Even now, again, I remember, you know, uh, Sam asked me, how, how do you, you know, are you an expert on this? I would say not so much, but I'm an expert on being an addict. And I will say, you know, I come from a family of, of, of addiction. Through, you know, my, my dad was a drug addict and, you know, have just have these, these little things. And um, I've been addicted to everything in my life. Uh, I've been alcohol, drugs right now, to be honest with you, it's gaming. Um, I'm obsessed with Call of Duty Warzone. I can't stop. It's, and so I've been, you know, I've been digging in on this a little bit too. Um, but depression is an unintended, an unintended result of 
the unnecessary use of social media. So I think we should use it, but just really bring awareness. But only way we could do this is by having these conversations and by talking to your kids or your younger cousins. Because if you're an eight-year-old kid, you don't, it's not fair to put you in that space to have you attached to your phone because by the time you're 20, you're going to need that. And you're going to be looking to that for um, guidance. We're, we're human beings, right? We want love. We want attention. And that's what social media gives you. But if you're comparing yourself and you don't know how to, to navigate through it, you're going to end up um, in trouble. In, and, you know, a new study uh, found that individuals who are involved in social media, games, mobile phones are more likely to experience depression just about by um, 50 to 60 percent. So it t- it's just a lot of different, there's so many different problems with it. And it def- I think that we, we just have to be aware of it and then use it at your, at your leisure, but without using it as a, um, as a crutch almost. Cause now we, we, I, I can guarantee you, this is what we're going to see with all these Instagram stars who are, you know, using these likes as, 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 uh, as, as a drug, basically it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. So when, when, when it stops, what's going to happen when you, when you're old, how are you going to be able to deal with that? I don't think I would be able to deal with it. If I, if I, if I had 3 million followers right now, people were listening to the same and Scott, we got all these people. I don't think I want that because it's such a, it sounds like pressure. It just sounds like something that once you come off of it, I don't know how, how you would be able to, you know, mm. long, yeah. long answer for you. <laughs> no, no, that, I think that's incredibly detailed. And plus it's a complicated topic. It needs like a, a long answer and a deep dive and you're absolutely right mm-hmm. i often thought about that i thought in many ways like social instagram influencers or social instagram influencers that have millions and millions of followers in a way it's almost like a prison in the sense that you constantly need to keep posting uh, content and also you need to almost like show off your life constantly and it has to be in a certain way so it's almost like they're they're trapped in this kind of expectation and constant kind of like conveyor belt of having to pump out stuff i mean it's got to be good to have that much influence in the sense that you could easily make a fair amount of money but at the same time it's almost like you're trading or selling off a certain part of your life for that exactly and and i really think that most people i'm sure that there's a couple people um that could handle it that know what they're doing maybe you hand off some to this person or that person but that that looking for validation that's the problem with with addiction right that's exactly what it's feeding into um and that's what scares me a lot and and i think the the underlying thing now to move away from more of a the validation point into the this um the gratification delayed gratification is something i've really looked at closely in my life because i it's something I, I i never wanted i always want instant gratification and now what we're seeing if you um in america every all these kids that the younger kids that are now voting age want instant gratification um that's cool and we all thought that that doesn't have any underlying things but all of a sudden they can't handle criticism you can't handle the other side of it and this is what you're slowly seeing when you have kids who can't really make the the connection to um to, to being able to to, to handle the, that de- delayed gratification or the expectation of well you're going to need criticism to get through life it's not just about likes it's not just about getting 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 it's about reciprocity it's about giving back as well and that's now now you're seeing um the the blue side I, i'm not really a political guy i just i look at myself more in the middle i'm a i'm progressive liberally you know and then uh, fiscally, I want to make money in my cat, you know, and this, this is the problem with the system. But um, back to back to the point, the now you're seeing a younger generation voting for a side of left that doesn't quite understand what they're voting for. And they, they hear the buzzwords, Black Lives Matter, you know, race, we want everybody wants equality, everybody wants, I, I want everybody to be happy and equal, but you're not understanding what you're removing. And, and that's what even the, the bigger thing I get nervous about is, um, the freedom of conscientiousness, the freedom of speech. And when you start 
hitting, you know, slowly taking away these pieces. Obviously, what happened to George Floyd is terrible. You don't want, we don't want that anymore. But I think that moment in time was a, it was, if we stopped there, it would have changed the way um, race was looked at in America. And we've kind of now overcorrected everything. And now this is all politics is, right? It's an overcorrection of the left, overcorrection of the right. We hated Trump, so now we're going to overcorrect the left. And um, I think all these things are like culminating in a, a potential for us to go down a, a dangerous path. And this is why, um, I don't know if anybody, this is November 10th, the, the Supreme Court is taking Facebook, Amazon, all these different all the tech companies that use our data, they're taking the court and they're going to be in big trouble because of how you're basically, you know, for example, on YouTube, um, the recommended, the recommended page is built and this anything on the recommended page is built for you to be there for hours on end. And it doesn't really care if it's giving you good information or bad information. Typically, you always want to click on the crazy information. That's why you hear a lot of people talking about uh, flat earth. You hear a lot of people talking about all this, all this stuff. It's fun to, to, to discuss, but like if you have an eight year old kid who's believing the earth is flat, you have a problem on your hands. That's, that's the issue. So a lot of, there's a lot of unpacking to do. And uh, I think, I think this is the only way we can really do it. It's just by talking about it, raising awareness and, and kind of slowly getting there, you know? Yeah, definitely. You're the second person that's uh, brought up the social dilemma is like a real motivational factor for for having these concerns i had another i had a doctor on previously her name was nan wise and she talked about how social media and technology in general is impacting younger generations specifically how it's uh, impacting their libido as well and causing a, oh, wow. a sexual um oh what is the word um uh, depletion yeah something like that why is it a recession that's it a sexual oh, recession wow. and um she yeah it was a really interesting episode so it's clear that there's definitely something behind this which is which is having a negative impact like social media and technology definitely is having an unintended or certainly a negative impact once again thank you to our sponsor publicize visit their website if you want to find out more about their pr for growth packages their free resources or even schedule a call. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brainspike Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. I'd also be interested to know to what extent this is going to cause or is causing an issue because from my perspective, it seems that every generation is fearful of something negatively impacting a younger generation. Like when I was younger, it was video games. So everyone was, they'd freak out and they'd be like, oh, video games are going to make, make someone violent or they'd be addicted to video games. You even yourself said like video games mm -hmm. do have the, the potential to be very or highly addictive. And um, I think even before that, it seems like it was like rap music or heavy metal. The older generations were fearful of like younger generations using or listening to. Do you think this concern of social media could be the same as the concern from past generations? And what makes you feel this way or makes you feel it's different if you believe it's different? Hmm. That's a great question, dude. Um, okay, let's unpack that. So there, there's been a lot, starting in the 60s and 70s, I think it does depend on how we use everything, right? And anything that, that we get addicted to is, is dangerous. But if we're going to talk about the worst case scenarios for each, right? Um, 60s and 70s, it was um, the psychedelics and the marijuana and all that, that good stuff. Now, if you look back at that, 
we were wrong, right? Those older people were, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I feel like we were incorrect in saying that now, you know, the, um, yeah, the, the, the psilocybin, um, you know, t- studies that are coming out, they just legalized it. You know, you can do freaking crack in Arizona here. So it's like, God, God bless you. But I think it does depend on the, the emotional component of each thing. For example, we brought up the, the video games. Um, right, dude, right now, just, just, I don't even know how it happened. The last two weeks, totally obsessed with, with, with the video games and to compare the both. Cause again, I went through the social media edition for myself. I think these are things to at least bring up and in the wrong hands. Um, you know, if you have a kid who can't control themselves, they shouldn't be playing video games, but that goes for the same thing of social media. But I do feel so that there is similarities. And I would say research in this addictive technology, technology, technology behaviors has increased and we're going to see how it all kind of plays out. But I think the social media aspect is particularly dangerous because me and you, Sam and Scott are playing a video game. We have camaraderie and that's why you see video games becoming more. There's a lot of talking, but I think there's a certain emotional connection to your identity when it comes to social media in particular, because it's your picture. It's, it's Scott Gazzoli. It's, you know, in social media, it's not Sam the ham or whatever, you know, your tag is and you're kind of playing as a, as a, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that th- this is something that is going to end up dramatically uh, affecting people's psyche more um, on a, on the long run. Um, but again, I think the, it's like a correction, right? We're going to have to kind of correct ourselves. And I think um, a good way to do that is, um, you know, for myself, I really have the, the social media timer on my, on my phone. I only use Instagram and it's really, it's for business. It's for, for the cause and the effect. And I had to have somebody, um, you know, my, my marketing team help me with that because I don't want to be on it too much. Cause you start looking and you start comparing and you start, and from a person who's been addicted to a little bit of everything, I think, you know, for so the only thing that, that get that I, I really kind of that hurts myself with the video games is, um, is my back hurts from sitting too long, you know, uh, and, and not getting as much stuff done. But when you sit on social media and, uh, and you're looking and you're seeing who's, what's my ex up to, what is, uh, what is this person doing? Why is this person on a plane? Why am I, why am I not on a plane? How do they get that hot girl? It's like, there's just a plethora of emotional things that are connected. That's why I think this one in particular is something we have to, um, we have to be careful for. Yeah. I think you're right. There's definitely a lot of ego kind of wrapped up in this more than there exactly. is That's the word in ego. other technology. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's a comparison sort of game where you're exactly right. You're saying like, why don't I have this stuff when people are presenting their best life and you're not seeing their, their worst parts, um, yeah. the parts they don't want you to see. And I completely agree. I think that everyone should be very conscious of how much time they spend on this. But I'd love to know, in your opinion, in an ideal world, what is a perfect and healthy relationship for someone to have with their social media? And how do you measure this? Like you mentioned, you have like a, an app or you, you have certain like, um, um, I suppose, parameters in place to, to prevent yeah. you from spending too much time. Would you be able to share that with us? And like, yeah, how absolutely. you think people can learn from that? Yeah, so I think it really it starts with with self awareness, right? You have to be aware, and there's there's people walking around that that aren't even aware that they're addicted, right? That's the first step in this. That's why I always tell people if you want to change something, you have to take a step towards mindfulness. And mindfulness, it's not sitting there. I'm not saying do transcendental, start shouting. Just sit and like sit with yourself for ten minutes. Sit with yourself, wake up. Don't don't go to the phone and just be aware. Um, so you have to gauge what, what you are. Like for me. By going through mindfulness and, and my meditation and all the, the good stuff that I like to do, it, 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 I'm, a, I'm very uh, able to be addicted to something. So I, uh, everybody who has an Apple phone, you could set, set a timer for any app just so you can kind of crutch yourself. So I make it maybe an hour, hour and a half a day. And it's really not been an issue for me so far. But when I was trying to build the, the Instagram and, and even like trying to get more followers on my personal side, it really ends up 
um, wearing on you. And I think setting that parameter for yourself is, is a key. But, but the other piece of this is not relying so much on the modern technology we have. It's fantastic. We've gotten so quick, so fast. I think everybody has to slow down a little bit, get off the phone for a second, read a book, do something that, that removes the, the phone out of your hand. And I, I'm speaking from, I would even say I, I, YouTube. I'm, I, I'm, I love YouTube. I love learning. I, it's, it's a good thing. Try to use the, if you, if you are somebody who, it's hard to change, right? It's really, that's, that's the, the hardest thing. So if you're somebody who's, look, I try to use my addictions as a good thing. So I have my gym. I do my gym three hours. I was at 4.30 a.m. I said, I have, you know, I'm Sam, with Sam on the podcast today. I have to crush it. I'm going to do this for three hours. Uh, I do my meditation for an hour. There's only so much time in the day, right? So if you fill your stuff up with, with being, you know, very all positive stuff, it ends up working. Now, another way of doing it is slowly um, decreasing your, the, the way that, that, so let's say, you know, if first you just track it for a week. Um, I'm using social media. A typical person between 18 and 25 is using it between four and five hours a day. That is crazy. Yeah. And the way to um, bring it down on a simple level is uh, first week, four hours. Okay. This is my threshold. It's like a diet, right? So my next week, maybe I'll go three and a half hours. Then you have to slowly wean yourself off. And now to get deeper into psychology and what I try to do in my podcast is find leverage in why the hell would you want to do that? For me, if you um, quantifying the time of life, right, for me is a huge thing. My most valuable, uh, I'm lucky enough where money, it's nice, but I feel like once you hit a certain comfortability, you don't need that much. And I'm, I'm lucky when you get to that level, it's more of just time is, is of the essence, right? So if every hour you spend on social media is taking away from your passion, from your, from your mission, why the hell would you want to do that? And looking at it that way has really made me kind of icky, feel icky about social mm. media and any, and whatever leverage a person could use. Maybe you want to spend more time with your family. Maybe you want to spend more time studying. Maybe you want to spend more time, you know, doing a podcast, whatever that may be. Um, these are all good things that, that we could use instead of delving your time into it because people are, are stuck in this material world now. Um, and, you know, with, with all us, again, please feel free to post this because you're seeing uh, there's an increase in um, – self-absorption. There's a decrease in uh, self-awareness. There's an increase in uh, social media, video game use co directly correlated to, to negative outcomes in your life. So th these are just things that we, we don't have enough time yet to put the, put the pen to paper, but I promise you years from now, people are going to look back and go, they really were kind of, it was the wild west when it came to social media. And this is something that we have to really put under control now, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And it's almost the one thing that I've seen with technology definitely from doing this podcast is technology evolves at a rate that we aren't able to come up with in um, a physical sense in the sense that our brains and our, our like our bodies just don't seem to have the capacity to keep up with the way it accelerates and on top of that in a legal sense technology evolves like way quicker than the legal framework is able to like discipline it or structure it or organize it so i definitely think you're right we're at the stage right now where it's still pretty wild and we're still trying to catch up and learn how to um, use it or handle it effectively. And I have to say one of the things that you touched on at the start of um, your point there, meditation, I think that's a, a very important tool for all of this. I actually was in um, quarantine myself. I was locked away here for like five months in my apartment and uh, Columbia had a pretty strict quarantine, very strict. Uh, we were only allowed out one day a week and that was when a designated day a week for with our, our ID number. So you're allowed one day to go out to the shops to get your food oh, wow. and that's it. 
and you weren't allowed out any other day. And on um, Saturday, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, no one was allowed out. So it was incredibly strict and it was a very difficult time to spend five months by myself in my apartment and in my gated community, no one was allowed in. So no one could come visit me. I live on the other side of the world wow. for my family. And I just was locked away for like five months. Like I'd go, I went like almost two months without seeing anyone or speaking to anyone like in real life, just in my apartment. So it was um, an incredibly tough time, but I did get into meditation. I was meditating like 30 minutes a day. I was doing yoga for like three hours a day. Yeah. And I found all these positive practices where I just channeled my energy into doing positive things. And I think you're absolutely right. If you fill your day with positive activities and you set yourself goals, then all of the other things like trying to compare yourself kind of fall away to the side because you realize that you've got something far more important to focus on and work on. So I, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Wow, that's great. Were you, did you ever do meditation or yoga before the, the quarantine? I did yoga before, but it was just like 20 minutes a day. It wasn't much. And then I really got into it because I was just stuck in my house and I couldn't go out and exercise. So like this was my only option, really. Um, and then as for meditation, no, that was something that I really got into in the quarantine. I had tried it before, like dabbled in it, but I never really truly, I wouldn't say saw the value. I knew the value was there. And I study, like I keep up with psychology research so much that I could easily see that like the research is there. There is absolutely no doubt that meditation is incredibly positive and worthwhile it's a it's a great it's a great use of time but i never had the motivation in the sense of like oh i need to do this or i need to like i never had like a real hunger or like there wasn't a huge kind of necessity but mm -hmm. given the fact that i was locked in my house and i had nothing else to do and i was also just so isolated and it's tough like uh spending weeks on end like not seeing or spending any time with anyone i felt like i was in the most glamorous prison in solitary confinement and I just needed to find a tool to really help. So um, I go into meditation and now I can honestly see the difference. I can like, I could see the difference between the days when I didn't do it and the days I did do it. And like the following like 24 hours, I just had like such clarity of thought and calmness um, compared to when I didn't do it. And now because of that, I see the benefit. And I now know that like, if I do ever feel like I need, I know like when my brain needs it. I know when my brain needs that break and I'm like, oh, I'm overloaded. And I particularly find that it's either with work or like too much time on screens. Either that's because of work or just because um, I haven't been disciplined with my screen yep. time. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so glad to hear that. And this is, I, I really, it, it, it moves me every time I hear somebody who just picked it up and like took it because, you know, it could have, I've had the option in my 20s to like, oh, you could do meditation or you could go party and do drugs mm. and all this stuff. And that's like, I, w I went that way and like, there's no answers there. And um, mm. I, I think if everybody, has to know deep down like there, there's it's better to to sit and hang out with your soul for 20 to 30 minutes in the morning get you know w w wipe off the cobwebs and what you're doing even through it depends what kind of meditation you're doing and uh i'm i'm, I'm interested to, to hear what kind you were attempting but if you're if you go to sleep thinking about uh sam stressing about work right if you wake mm -hmm. up go on your phone, start checking. You're just rerunning a program. What mm. meditation is doing is stopping that 
tapping into your subconscious that really we, we, we don't even know what's there. You're, you're, what you think is only 5% consciousness. Um, it's, it's really like magic. And that's why I, I do, you know, I, I tell people, you don't have to, you know, you've got, it sounds like you're, you're very similar to me. Like you're obsessed with yoga. I got upset. I was doing meditation like three hours a day. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let's relax a little bit. 30 minutes a day is all you need. I do 20 in the morning, 20 at night, a little bit of breath work and visualization to get stuff done. That's why this stuff is so exciting because it's like you could use technology to your uh, advantage, right? So I go on YouTube, Wim Hof, breathing method, 10 minutes a day, boom. Uh, visualization technique, soma uh, breath work, 10 minutes a day, boom. And like you, you feel optimized and it's, it's, that's why you're trying to, to use tech for, for the good and not so much for the bad. Yeah, definitely. And I got to say, um, this has been a great conversation. It's filled me with a, a great amount of positivity. I know that we're, Love it, we're, man. we're battling we some demons with this social media stuff, but you know what? I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of good information out there as well. And, um, all the YouTube videos and podcasts that we have access to, which are, are putting us on the right path. Um, yeah. It fills me with a lot of positivity. If people do want to follow your podcast and keep up with what you're doing, what kind of social media can they follow you on? If they're going to be on social follow media, follow me now? on social media, like my videos, everybody. I need attention. Yes. Causing the effect podcast. Uh, check us out on uh, iTunes. Um, you know, you send me an email at causing the effect podcast at gmail.com. And I really uh, take those to heart. I love helping people on an individual basis. No money. I don't do this for money. I'm really just trying to, to, to spread this word because this is uh, this is a crucial time. And then uh, on uh, Instagram, causing the effect podcast, um, you know, I'll post a little clip of us today after after we do ours. And that, that's it, guys. We're, we're here to help. Um, Sam, seriously, thank you so much for having me on. You're, you're a great man. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Cool, man. No problem. That was today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Go check out other articles and podcasts just like this at thesociable.co. You can also find us on YouTube under The Sociable or tweet at us at, at The Sociable. And you can subscribe and follow all of our podcasts on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search Brains Bite back. We hope you join us again soon and take care.